He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe DeLeon, Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today, we are talking about week seven of the college football slate. More specifically, we're going to be previewing USC versus Notre Dame, which is going to cause me so much pain this weekend. We're Mm. also going to be talking about Washington, Oregon, which those who have been tuning into the show know it has a bit of a stipulation on it. And then lastly, a very cancerous matchup, UNC playing versus Miami. Why are you shaking your head at that? You know, that's a pretty it's a pretty benign matchup, actually. I disagree because I think that UNC is going to take Miami to the woodshed. But if you say anything negative about Miami this week, you're a piece of shit. And that's what that's what the result is going to be. That's that's how this is going to work this week. It's how it works Why? every single week. Because it happened against Texas A&M. Hmm. And we were reminded of who they were. We're going we're gonna to get to it. Before we do, Sean, can you share with our listeners a quick word from... Our friends over at Bet Online. By the way, guaranteed lock bet that I'm now just going to do every single week. Take the under on Monday Night Football. The, I I know that that is such a I, brain dead move, but I don't know why I wasn't doing it before. Here's here's I love that you said that because uh, I went to Bet Online and last night uh, during midway through the second quarter, I took the under when it was at 33 and a half. I think the line opened up at 44 and a half, uh, and I still said these teams. Wait, it- 30, it went from 44 to 33 for you. Mine, I got it at 44 and a half. Yeah, I, but I took it live. I live took oh, the under because oh. I saw how barnyard both of the teams were. And I'm watching it. And just me, just like you, the listener, are like, yeah, I know some football. These teams aren't scoring. These teams stink. The Packers stink. The Raiders stink. They're not going to score. So I took the under live at Bet Online. Because from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Sean, I want to start us off here with Washington versus Oregon. Mm. For any new listeners or viewers that come upon the segment or the full show, whatever it is. Uh, I want to resurface what the bet is that we have on this game. Anyone who's been tuning into our content and missed when we shared the bet, probably looking at us. Why do they look like shit? Why are they trying to grow out facial hair that they can't grow out? I have to tell you right now, it's been a bloodbath on Rafino and Joe. It has been an absolute bloodbath. I know nobody's coming on college football inquirer and questioning your facial hair because they're just like, oh, it's the big dumpy producer and his and his bad facial hair. I'm sorry that that's mean. Why am I getting? Uh, <laughs> why am I getting this? Why am I getting? Don't worry. I know uh, we got a game uh, the preview. Where I'll give it back uh, to you. Don't worry I'm, about gi- it. I'm giving you. I'm giving you one negative comment because I've been enduring this for the past month. Do you know what happens every single time now I come into a live show with Blake? There is a flood of beard. There is a flood. Yeah, no, that's one of them. There is a flood of comments of people. Uh, saying I look musty. There's a lot of comments that say that I'm uh, just, it's only about my appearance. It has nothing to do with my, my takes or analysis. And then eventually they, they usually pick apart said analysis, but um, the bet that we have in place and we've been growing a beard for about a month now in anticipation of the bet. 
And the winner of Washington versus Oregon determines who gets to shave the beard. So if Washington wins, I get the shave. You have to keep growing yours out until the end of the year. On the other side, if Oregon wins, I keep growing the beard. You get the shave. This has to be the most uncomfortable month that I have dealt with. This is so itchy and uncomfortable. It does not look good. Um, I know I, you've lived a very tough life so far. So shut I, up. I, it's it... here. Oh, also, by the way, uh, you're giving me three points, maybe six. Did you touch it up twice? I haven't touched it up a second time. You're only okay, getting so three. You're points. Giving me three. The line's three points. I so thought about fine. it. I thought about evening it out also, by the way. I'm sitting here like I might give these points back to Joe because, by the way, you, you say I'm not getting anything. I've heard nice mutton chops. I've heard fat beard. I've heard any bad yeah, beard. This is, this doesn't is connect. from people you know. I hear this from people that I, I talk to. Not goobus flubus. What do you mean people right? you talk to? In real life. Yeah, that doesn't if it's people that you know and have a relationship with instead of got, you know, some dude with a um with like a Wojak freaking avatar better. on YouTube. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's it is a plethora of comments, so I don't I, I don't want to hear you it. You think you're the only one dealing with the plethora? In-person comments don't mean anything because if you didn't have the facial hair, they'd say something negative you to you regardless. But Your now it's all focused count. on the facial hair. I'm not talking about buddies. I'm talking auxiliary. You look different. What's, what are you trying there? All of this. All of this. It's impact. Don't, don't, eh, don't do that. Don't do that. I think that the most stressful part about this bet, it's a good thing we're, we're going to be in person together. We're, we're going to be in person for the South Dakota State game at South Dakota State um, for when this game is being played. But... We have been told that the cell service during the game is going to be non-existent because there's going to be so many people on campus. So we're not going to know the outcome of the game until we walk back to the hotel. It is going to be the most stressful walk of my life. That is going to be horrible. I'm going to find out that score. I don't believe the cell service thing that they're saying. I'm going to figure it out. We're in the middle of Brookings, South Dakota. I believe it. It's an institution of higher education. There's got to be a signal somewhere. We need you to get on Tinder when we get there and see which girl can give you their login for the Wi-Fi. That's that's what we need to do. That needs to be accomplished. Yeah, that'll be that'll be nice and smooth, won't it? That'll that, that that's. Good. I need that, your Wi-Fi that, password. Yeah, hey, <laughs> Wi-Fi. I'm in, I'm in town. Uh, Wi-Fi. Get the internet. <laughs> um, worst pickup line ever. To actually talk about this game, I think I can already guess where either of us are going to be lean, leaning. I'm getting killed on Twitter today, by the way, for my takes on why I think Washington is going to win this football game. I see Washington's receiving core of Polk, McMillan, and Adunze being one of the most elite receiving groups in the country. Now, I know that McMillan has dealt with some injury stuff. I don't know his total availability, but they have the most explosive offense in the entire country. And they've got a guy who has great deep ball accuracy, a big arm that is connecting with them at an absurdly high rate. They are unlike any other team in the country that they can just go deep and connect on a consistent basis. I really do think that despite Oregon showing that they've been a little bit more well-rounded, Sean, I think that Washington has the advantage to score in an instant that is going to help them build a lead that will put them in a position to then win that game and hold off that lead. The fact that they won last year 
at Autzen gives me a lot of confidence that this team has improved, that they're going to win at home this season. The wide receivers for Washington, uh, they scare me. Washington, they scare me. Uh, They are difference makers. They are efficient route runners. uh, And they catch the ball. That is nervous. I need what I'm going to deem a big donger game from Bo Nix. That's what I need him to do. I need him to look like whatever he was, whatever game last year when he was at his most dominant. Off the top of my head, I'm trying to think what it was. I think he ran for a couple touchdowns in one game. It might have been versus Cal or something. Whatever he was most dominant in last year, I need that to be replicated. Because not only are you playing for my beard and facial hair, you're playing for the shot at the CFP. Because I don't think USC is going to make it. I think these two teams are going to be the last two battling for the last ever spot in a four-team playoff from the Pac-12 before it dissolves. Oh, you know what the game was? The game that where everyone started to really, really talk about Bo Nix last year, I remember, and I'm sure that some Oregon fans are going to come flying in and saying, like, it wasn't that one. Uh, The Washington (laughs) – That was unintentional. The Washington State game, though, you remember that where they they yeah. climbed back and and he threw for over four hundred yards and yes, three touchdowns and a pick. Um, that was the game that really threw him onto the onto the onto the scale here. I, I do agree with that take, though. I really think that what is going to lead to Oregon's success in this one is you do need the big dong game from Bo Nix. You need to put his nuts on the table and he needs to mm-hmm. outduel Michael Penix. That's going to be hard to do, by the way. Michael Penix looks fantastic this year. He looks sharp. He looks confident. He's, uh, I don't know, name a calmer quarterback in the pocket. Who do I want? There's so many good quarterbacks this year. I know. You could say Mm -hmm. Kel Williams, Drake May. You could say these quarterbacks. Uh, But he is as good with pocket presence and composition as a quarterback as anybody else in the nation. If we want to compare stats, talent core, uh, arm strength, arm accuracy, arm accuracy, short, medium, long, whatever. You nerds can do that. Michael Penix, Penix is is fantastic at quarterback. Shoot scares me, and the Washington defense gives me a little bit of oh my god, what are they going to do? Like like what are the how many sacks are they going to get? They going to get a pick six? What what's it going to be for Washington? Because as much as I want it to be Oregon. Gut is telling me it might be the year that they go back to the CFP. Washington does. It might be. Because they're really well-built. Th- they're well-built. I really think that's the case. And w- what has always been really interesting once we get to this middle part of the season, when teams haven't played anybody, we always do this thing of, well, so-and-so struggled with X bad team. So that means they're bad. And I think that that is a very flawed philosophy when we have on tape them completely boat racing teams. I'm talking about in this circumstance, it's both of them. Last week we were doing this with Texas and Oklahoma. And it's like, who was the the most impressive in their bad game? And everyone was turning to the fact that Texas looked as good as they did against Alabama. This week, what's really puzzling for all the Oregon fans that are mad at me this week they're all bringing up the the Arizona game. And I know that, that that Arizona game was bad. It was very, very bad for Washington. That was their worst game of the year. But every other game that they've played, they have dominated. One thing that I think is a little bit le- more legitimized 
is that Arizona isn't as bad as everybody thinks that they are. That yeah. freshman quarterback that they have did For some fever. nice things against USC. I know that they're – I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a bowl-eligible team, but they're a hard-fighting team that will put up a fight when you show up and you think you're going to kill them. They're not the team that you want to do that against, and it just was proved last week. Conversely, when Oregon played Texas Tech, Oregon looked bad. Like, Oregon not – they didn't look bad as in they're going to have, like, five losses bad. But they showed some signs of weakness. That version of Oregon can't show up. And the same thing goes for Washington, obviously. But my point is that both of those bad games, I think, are equally comparable. And I would argue the Arizona one isn't as bad as the Texas Tech one. Yeah, Michael Penix Jr. still was 30 for 40 for 363 yards. You know, like that's still a that, that is a winning performance from your quarterback. Would you like a touchdown or two thrown in there? Of course you would. But point to any fan this week before their game. Ask them, would you want your quarterback to go 30 for 40 for 363 yards? Every single one of them would say yes. Nobody would say, I need him to do more. Not one of them. They'd say, oh, that's great. That'd be fantastic. That'd be a huge help. Better than what he's been doing. That's like that's like par for Penix Jr. It's like right. maybe that, that might be a bogey for him. Right. So... <laughs> Uh, there's some perspective that I need to hold in here. I mean, the God, yeah. Looking back at this Texas tech game right now that I, I remember I, Nick's with 32 for 44, 359 and two touchdowns. These teams are going to put on the best game of the year. This, this, yeah, week. this is gonna Washington, be fun. Oregon is going to be the game of the year. It has this to is be. be fun. My final thought though, I'm picking Washington, obviously, because my bet is contingent on it. I just really love the offensive explosiveness. I think that that is such an advantage to when you're down two scores to score quickly or to be up a singular score and to really put a back-breaking blow in there to score another touchdown to go up if you hit a a 60-yard bomb over the top. Do you know how demoralizing that is? I'm going with Washington. Your final thought while you're picking Oregon. Yeah, I got to go with the Oregon here. I need their rushing game to get activated. They looking, still looking at that Texas tech game. It's close because they didn't run the ball. Well, Bo Nix was their leading rusher. He had 56 yards or 46 yards. Uh, Marquise Irving, uh, 38 yards. Noah Whittington, 21 yards. Jordan James, eight yards. Get something moving on the ground. Get something going on the ground. Please have a balanced offense because I don't think Bo Nix can really duel it out. Strictly passing with Michael Penix jr. They could put up similar lines, but he needs a good running game. He needs mm-hmm. a good running game. If they can get, if they can surpass, what is that? They barely got over 100. If they can surpass 120 on the ground, I'll be happy. And I, I think Oregon will have a legitimate shot. Notre Dame versus USC. Sean, I got to be completely honest with you here. I don't know if we're going to sit and watch this game. I might be. I might going to root for. Who am I going to root for? You know yeah. who I'm going to root for. I think for my own mental health, mm-hmm. maybe we should watch. I don't know. What's is there like a a totally lopsided like warm up game that's being played? I'm gonna check that in a second. Regardless, this game is very problematic, and in a way, I think it almost means doesn't mean a ton for either. Actually, let me let me rephrase that. I think that both these teams have been exposed this past week. And they're not as good as I think either side hoped that they could be. 
And what is going to happen here for the, both these teams is either it's going to be a get-right week for Notre Dame's offense, they're going to have a fantastic game, and they're going to carry that momentum into the rest of the year. A two-loss Notre Dame team, not going to the playoff, still looks nice. Conversely, it could be that get-right game for USC's defense because at times, Notre Dame's offense has been incredibly predictable and easy to stop. That's what this is all contingent on. I, I, we could sit here and analyze, oh, can Notre Dame's defensive ends contain Caleb Williams? Can their secondary cover for as long as they can? I was in person. I watched this, this crap unfold <laughs> last year. I don't think that even matters to talk about. It all comes down to which side gets right. That's it. Plain and simple. Which one gets their get right game? I think it's bold of you to say that Notre Dame would be a two-loss team at the end of the season. I mean, they're going to lose another. No, I mean, no, either, no, no, wait. US, think, either to wait. USC, Pitt, Clemson, Wake, or Stanford. You're losing another. Pitt stinks. I'm going to be at the Pitt game. The, if they beat USC, they are that is enough momentum to carry them to the rest of the year. Stanford sucks, so don't act like Stanford's mm-hmm. a difficult challenge. The only other challenge they have is Clemson. Didn't, didn't Stanford keep it mighty close with them? Shut the hell! <laughs> every every team stick. Here's the, here's the poor thing about Notre Dame. Everybody, it's everybody's Super Bowl. Whenever they play Notre Dame, it's when they ball the hell out. You got all the recruits on the sideline. Everything's clicking. Oh, we never look look ahead to the next week. We never do. You're lying. You are lying, coach. Because you're looking ahead to Notre Dame. Because you want to beat Notre Dame, and a lot of teams do. So. It must be tiresome to know that every single game is a Super Bowl for the other team. I don't think it is for USC. I think USC is sitting here looking at it like it's nut check time. Like, oh my God, look at the other juggernauts in college football right now. Yeah. Look at what Georgia just did. Ohio State, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, and us. If you want to throw Oklahoma or Texas in there, go right ahead. But the, I don't consider them juggernauts. Every other team, juggernaut. USC doesn't look like one. They can score points like with the best of them. But that does not make you a true juggernaut. Other teams in that that I mentioned are built like San Francisco, the 49ers. Offense, defense, special teams, good coaching. USC's defense has been hideously bad. It has compromise it is almost compromised their season early multiple times that needs to be established here multiple multiple times multiple times how do you how do you carry on next week how do you how do you as an offense i don't know what their average is i'd I'd roughly guess 35 to 40 points a game that they're putting up yeah yeah it's up there how do you justify that and and be on the offensive side of the ball be in meetings and say all right what do we have to do we got to score 50 this week Against some real against some real players. All right, we'll try. What's the other side of the ball going to do for us? Part of part of what the problem's always been with with Lincoln, or part of what's wrong with this relationship, is that in the Big Twelve when he was there, a lot of teams were structured similarly, where there wasn't a whole lot of defense going on. It was like, how many points can you score? And that stuff worked if you had the better basketball team with better three point shooters. Of course, you're going to outscore the other team that's trying to shoot as many threes as you but can't score as much. But the problem is now 
So you're playing all these teams with perimeter defenders and then actually know how to play and then are willing to play both sides of the ball and aren't just going to let you take those shots and, and score all those offensive points and not burn you on the other side. That balance is, is really starting to hurt USC. And again, it all hinges on what I said a second ago. It all comes down to which team gets right this week. I, as a Notre Dame fan, am freaking hoping that we, we play spoiler. I want to be the team. Shut up. God, take the goddamn hat off, too. It took me What's this wrong long with into the this hat? year. What's take wrong the goddamn hat? hat off. It's just a hat that I have in my typical show rotation. I if hate that hat. You've worn that hat like control. the last three times. This hat just happened to fall in the rotation. I keep a, you know, try to keep it fresh. And then it just happened to land on today. I don't. Control. I want to. Ch- I want to check, and I'm pretty sure that that hat has been worn the past three or four weeks. It is. No. It has been featured multiple times in the past few weeks. So f you, first of all, and second of all, why am I going to yell that? I, 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 I don't. Because you're wearing them. a USC hat. It's USC week. I thought I you were want an anti Ducks fan based on what you were wearing. I know that you're not a freaking USC fan. You wear that despite me. Trojan up. I want Notre Dame to play spoiler. I want Notre Dame to be the team that ruins their season. I want it to happen. It's very possible. Uh, you, I'm just going to run through some embarrassments real quick if it'll make you feel better about the team that is represented on my hat. If okay. I can do that real quick. Okay. I uh, gave up 45 to UCLA. They won that. Gave up 27 to Notre Dame. They won that. This is last year still. Uh, gave up 47 and lost to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. That That's Utah, game. too. That's Utah. Uh, they lost to Tulane in the Cotton Bowl. Gave up 46 points. Gave up 28 to open up this year uh, to San Jose State. They held Nevada, who might be the worst team in D1 single-A football. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave up 14 points to them. Stanford, second worst, that's, 10 points. That's 14 points too many. Yes, uh, 10 points too many for Stanford. Uh, Arizona State gave up 28 points, uh, gave up 41 points to Colorado, let them way back in that game, and gave up 41 points to Arizona. I mean, what do we, what, like, that's embarrassing. That's every single week is embarrassing. It's bad. Should we now do, here, wait, let's, let's, for parody purposes, let's do, um, you want to do Notre Dame offense? Yeah, Notre Dame's offense. So let's read through it really quick. <laughs> so starting with the Stanford game, fourteen points. Uh, okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna do last year because there's a couple games where they actually had good offensive output. So after the Navy game, after the Tennessee State game, wow, I'm doing bad here. Forty five sure, points against NC State, which is no, a good output. Forty one points against Central Michigan, which is expected. Mm-hmm. But since then. They have 14 against Ohio State, 14 against Duke, and 20 against Louisville. So uh, that paints the picture. Duke. I can't believe they won that game. I, I, I completely forgot about that Duke game. Yeah. All right, let's move on to talking about this, this last game. Um, UNC versus Miami. This is at UNC. Look, my main focus on this thing, by the way, did you know that Mario Cristobal has yet to win a home ACC game. I found that out this week. I was listening to a show. He has yet to win a home ACC game. So maybe it kind of helps that they're on the road. 
playing against UNC. I I don't I don't know how that that how does he get these recruits? Because uh, the CFE guys Dan mentioned today that Mario Cristobal is actually able to flip a four star from Georgia to Miami this week. That kid, yeah, that kid flipped. How do you watch that Miami game and say I'm playing for them? Bread. I guess so. He is John Ruiz is 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 working his magic. I guess he's a really good recruiter. But here's here's what I'm really focused on. I think realistically to project this game, Drake May is far and away the best quarterback that they've faced, and they made Haynes King look capable. Yes, Drake May could show up and do some things, and that defense that we've talked about. Wait, wait, what are you laughing about? They made Haynes King look like somebody that was going to transfer to a better program after this year. <laughs> like, like Georgia Tech is his level, uh, but yes. Miami was bad enough where it's like, you know what? He could he could play somewhere else. He could he could take he could definitely take over in Florida. That that's what they made him look like. He didn't play great, but that final throw that he had was pretty nice for yeah. for some of the throws that he has. Point is here. I think that Drake May and UNC, they're going to win this game. They've got the most momentum. They look, they've looked the best, and they need that that question-ending statement win to say some people are trying to doubt us right now. We think that we're better than the likes of Alabama and some of these other programs that are in that, that top discussion. We're undefeated for a reason. Put us on the table. I'm really focused on here, though, does Mario Cristobal stop the bleeding? Forget if the guy was down or not. We all know his decision to one, go for it, and then in the postgame press conference, not take responsibility to deflect to the, the player who fumbled the ball, which we talked about how ridiculous that was for him to do it. There's a lot of bleeding right now. I'm a, I can only imagine that there's a ton of bleeding going on in that locker room, having been on teams where stuff like that has happened before. Mm-hmm. Guys are talking. Can you at least put up a fight? Can you win the game would be huge, but can you at least put up a fight and play a close game? Because they got to do that. Otherwise, some serious questions are going to start to be had about Mario. Yeah, there's. it's either going to go one of two ways for Miami, bounce back or crumble. Uh, the one concern I have is that UNC down the stretch last year crumbled in pretty great fashion. They had a great win versus Wake Forest uh, where they edged it out. Then they lost to Georgia Tech by four, put them at nine and two. Then they lost to NC State, put them at nine and three. And then in the ACC championship game, got boat raced by Clemson. Clemson won by 29 points. I don't know if Mac Brown can win that big game. When it's all time to make it a football school, which it still won't be because of the basketball program, but if you want to have – that Michigan, uh, maybe mid to 2010s, Michigan State football, basketball school. Look at this. We're, we're going, we're starting to really elevate. You have to win one big game. Mac Brown had a chance last year to set it. And then they had to basically set the reset button for all yeah. the fans say, ah, we missed that one. We missed a lot of them in a row. We were, you know, getting a lot of hype. And then we, uh, we, 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 we shrunk in the sunlight. They are susceptible to doing that. I'm staying away from this game from picks. I'm staying away from this game with overall projections. It could be a maniac game. It could just be two uh, uh, crazed coaches and a bunch of players going out and playing football for who knows what team. I I, I just, 
it's going to be a maniac game. You you called it you you called it the cancer game. I don't I think said it was a cancerous that. match. I think it's a cancerous matchup because we were shown very clearly who Miami actually is, and I think that we overvalued the performance against Texas A and M because we thought Texas A&M was better than they actually were. It is a slippery slope that we have let ourselves on. We thought Texas A&M was good. They're really not. And then Miami beats them. And then now we're starting to think, oh, Tyler Van Dyke's pretty good. Oh, this this uh, this Miami team's looking pretty good. When they start to play some people in the ACC, they're, they're really going to challenge Florida State. And then splat. We get to the bottom. We slide off the end of the slope. And we're like, why am I sitting in a pile of mud? Oh, my God. We just lost to Georgia Tech. And even if you won that game, it was still an exposure of a lot of the issues. Most importantly, that Tyler Van Dyke is a quarterback. I have been very aggressive in criticizing him. He is somebody who, unless things are perfectly schemed up for him, like against Texas A&M, he's going to make mistakes. And you know what? I let the Miami crowd get to me, and they're, they're upset with me that I was willing to criticize him after that game. You guys make so many excuses for bad quarterback play, bad quarterback play, it's it's insane. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know how you do it. Normally, most fan bases, when your quarterback stinks, you go at him. You say that the kid sucks. Put somebody else in. He has had a couple good games in his career, but has continually made mistakes throughout his career. Multiple interceptions, bad performances. I just don't know why that there is this this glazing going on for the guy. Yeah, I, I feel you. I really hate when my quarterback clay gets dried out and I have to go buy a new package of it at the store. Like that's that bums me out. Um but the what, did I misspeak? He said quarterback clay and then corrected it to play. Uh the the one the only way UNC wins this game is because of the splat last week. The splat for Miami, seeing that they have a loss and they're not in contention, that's the only reason that UNC wins. Because there's the what? stakes have been dropped. A little bit. I disagree. I, I think that UNC clearly has the upper hand. I think the way that that uh, Drake May has been playing is proof that the guy is as good as he has been marketed. I know that he's beaten up on some bad teams, but dude, the guy could go out there and cook. I'm with you. I am. I am in on the bandwagon. Unfortunately, my focus for the quarterback position is going to be in the the five to six guy and not the one to two guy. So I'm not watching a ton of Drake May. Because I know he's going to go to Tampa and carve up uh, everybody in the NFC South. Like I, I, I'm just, I'm preparing for it. So I, I, I'm, I'm more focused on like you know Michael Penix, Shador Sanders, somebody that Atlanta could get. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, but Drake May is legit. There's no, I think he has been received properly. All right, betting picks time. Sure. Let's talk about our picks. So last week, uh, you went two zero and one. I went one and two. Oh no! Okay, I'm still. I'm That's still a up. bummer. That's a bummer. I'm still up by three points. Okay, I'm still up three here. Mm-hmm. I'm thirteen seven and one. You are ten ten and one. Oh, yeah. You've had a couple good weeks. Let's let's come back to reality. My first pick: Wyoming plus ten versus Air Force. Look, Wyoming's been one of the better teams in college football at the G5 level. Why the hell is Air Force getting this 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 many points? Uh, give me Wyoming wagon. in a heartbeat. Air Force has been a bit of a wagon, man. They are chaotic. Wyoming's more of a wagon. Wyoming is not more of a wagon than Air Force. 
Wyoming beat Texas Tech and then played Texas close until that final quarter. I, I think Wyoming is so much better than they just beat Fresno. I know, I know. They, they, they've had a very good season. But put some respect on them. Put some respect on Air Force. All right, my first uh, bet of the week, and this is why because you still use the you still use terms plus and minus. That is why I'm irritated, and I have to poke you when you you have a better record than me right now because you still say plus ten instead of the proper giving and or getting. But back to my pick. I'm not required South Carolina to say that. giving two to Florida. I screw the Gators. I don't care about any momentum. I don't believe in this team. I don't care about this team. South Carolina is going to beat Florida. You and the burps again. Jesus Christ. I'm glad that I faded you in real life. I didn't write this down, but that is one of my betting picks that I have Florida plus two. So. That's a good one. That means I'm going to make some money, some real money. Wake Forest. You're a dumb dude. You're a dumb person. Wake Forest plus one and a half against Virginia Tech. I don't I don't get this line. Is there like an injury that I'm missing here or something? Wake Forest played Clemson pretty close last week. They're not a, a an explosive offense or anything crazy, but they're not a bad football team. Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech still freaking stinks. Give me that plus one and a half. Yeah, I had to stay away from that because I saw you picked it. Uh, it, it man. That's a mortgage game. I mean, that is a make some money, make some rent money game uh, yeah. because holy hell. I mean, I know Virginia Tech's going to win a couple games this year. They've won one. Not Wake Forest. But they're not beating Wake Forest. Let's use some common sense. I don't know. I don't know what the injury stuff is. Uh, I, this, I forgot I wrote this. This is, this is dumb. I'm not going to watch this game, and I don't recommend you do either. It will put you to sleep. If you want to have a productive Saturday or an enjoyable Saturday, watch another game. Uh, but I am still going to bet on Iowa getting 10 points against Wisconsin. Wisconsin has done jack to me this year. They have done, they have shown me nothing. Uh, I mean, I know it's year one of the fickle era. Cool. They are the smallest blip on my radar. They are in the Florida territory of blip I, I i just i'm not even they have no but i know they have a good running back and they always run the ball well and they've got some good defensive players but iowa getting 10 is a tasty line i commend the very risky bold strategy of betting on iowa to score a certain amount of points that is it just not everybody can do that big ball move right there my last one Man, I've been killing it on these Big Ten bets. The betting wagon. Rutgers, minus four and a half against the Scandal Special. This is a double one, man. Michigan State, minus four and a half. Give me Rutgers to cover. Not only do we have the 6-0 and against the spread Rutgers team that has been carrying me every single week, but on top of that, as I've given out in the past, bet against whoever is playing Michigan State. The only time that that hasn't hit was the Iowa game, and that's just because Iowa can't score enough points to put themselves in a position. I think it was like a uh, a minus 10 type of a line. That's my lock of the week. Screw you. Don't screw me, and what I tell you about that finger? Get the finger out of my face. Rutgers shouldn't be a favorite against any P5. The fact that they are lets me know you won't. You don't know come. ball. You don't know ball. 
No, I know ball. I know was- that they've been a fine underdog cover. They've had a couple very squeaky backdoor covers, but they're not taking care of business as a favorite. You know who will though? Duke. Duke's going to take care of business. Three and a half versus NC State. Nice, clean, smooth, easy play. Easy play. Quarterback. Easy play. NC State is going to score seven points. You know what Duke just has to do? Score, I don't know, a touchdown and two field goals. Will that make it work? That'll yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Taking Duke three. And Very nine. optimistic for a backup quarterback to. Very optimistic uh, to win that game. Yeah, play. I am. All right, final. You're thoughts. very optimistic about a, a a seller team in Rutgers, a per, a fifty year they seller. They are the one basement. of the. They're better than Minnesota. They're better than Purdue. They're better than Illinois. They're better than Northwestern. They're a mid tier team this year. You named one. You named one team that I think they could beat in that, and that's Northwestern. Get your get your eyes checked. No, no. Fun, no, no. Final. My, my eyes are good, pal. Who's wearing glasses and who isn't? Final. Th- yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you once what? told me yeah. that you're prescribed to wear glasses when you drive and you choose not to. No, you stop. Don't you dare mark that down. Don't you dare mark that down. What are you going to mark down every single time you make a, an eye comment? No, but that was quick and you that was good. Are prescribed glasses and you choose not to wear them. You are a threat to society when you get I'm behind. I'm doing the good. I'm doing good. My eyes are good. My eyes yeah, are good. Mr. Mr. Squinty over here. Um, I Squinty. I kind of like that. A new Xbox name. I want to get to. Um, I want to get to our final thoughts here. One, I, I wrote this down. Uh, Dante Hitner, who was a bit of a controversial guy this week. After I didn't even know he was on NBC's broadcast, which is great. Good for him. After the Cowboys game didn't mince words straight up said that Dak Prescott sucks. I respect it. I respect anyone who on a, on a setting like that is willing to just go on there and say a player sucks. He was admonished by a lot of people. A lot of people. I saw some loser dork that was like, I'm begging these large broadcasting companies to hire actual journalism major majors and not just put former players in the booth. The former players always going to be more qualified than you dumbass. Uh, but then Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill had said that, you know, something along the lines of, you know, <laughs> what's up with these, what's up with these old guys? Why, yeah, the why old are all these old guys? Is, yeah. And his response was not, Oh, I'm like apologetic or I didn't mean to come off that way. His response was you're fast, but you're lucky. I'd have killed you on that field. Mind your business. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Dante Hittner. And I, I did want he legally to change me. it to Hitner. I know he tried I think to. He did. It's I'm pretty Twitter sure it's is. still da- Dante Whitner. Okay, Dante Whitner. That's his name on either. That's okay, his name either on or. Twitter. Sure. I still am in love with this because it's awesome, and I want more media opportunities for him. I like it when guys talk shit and don't care. Hmm. Um, I think it's awesome. The guy changed his name to Hitner. I don't know why we're surprised that he's being problematic. Yeah, different era, man. It's a different era, and I'm sad that it's gone. I'm sure it's better for players' health and safety and all that. But nobody, no real football fan can look me in the eyes and tell me there's a more devalued position on the football field than safety. Because a safety used to be an enforcer. There used to be a mindset. 
It yeah. used to be, hey, you don't come over the middle when I'm back here. And my partner to the left, you don't throw it over the middle because he's going to pick it off. That's how safety tandems used to work. Now it's, okay, I'll run you out of bounds. Okay, I'm being told I have to wait and then try to deflect the ball, which again, might be better medically. I don't know. I know which brand I prefer, uh, and that is the Dante, Dante Whitner brand of football. Put Dante Whitner in the booth. Put him in the booth. Put him in there with Collinsworth. I want him to throw hands with Collinsworth. That's that that'll make the game a lot more entertaining. That's that what we, that will have some sanctions then, and then we won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think it's good enough to wrap us up on. Um, unless you want to get to the last thing, or we're kind of we've been running kind of long. Uh, I, I mean, this was just quick. I found it very funny today. Um, as I've done this before, not to the extent, but, uh, Francis Ngannou, a very famous UFC fighter, uh, broke a door of a shop and the glass shattered everywhere. And it, it, it was, it was a big, well, well, you got to clarify here. He tried to push on yeah, a pull was, door and push. Sorry, go ahead. Did you see where I was? Okay. You did, it's fine. You, you, you pushed past it. I was just, okay. I was getting to it. I let it for a nice little loop around, but he was pushing a door. That was a pull. So he went for a big jolt glass smashed. And then he opened it up. He was like, Oh, Oh God. What do you do? If, if Francis Ngannou breaks your door? What do you do? How I, mad How mad can you really get? I respect the store owner for getting mad at him and yelling at him. Yes. Very clearly not knowing who he was. Um, I'm surprised that more people were... I didn't see anyone bringing up the I think you should leave sketch where he rips the door off the hinges because he's he's so committed to not not pushing the door. I, you know, as somebody who has, who has pushed a lot of pull doors and pulled a lot of push doors in my life, uh, I can sympathize with Francis Ngannou. I tried to push, uh, to, to push open a door that was locked today, dropping off a package of FedEx. One, why do you lock half of your doors? Why do you make a decision if you have two doors and they both push and or pull open, close, open, close? Why does, why does one of them stay locked? Cause now I look like an idiot. I just went poof, and I'm like, oh, okay. That wasn't the door I came in, but it's still a door. So I think if, if you're busting Francis Ngannou's balls, it's fair. But don't you come across a push-pull door, and don't you get it wrong. You better be on, on your best behavior the rest of your life because some world, of us have had it. The world is out to get Sean Anderson. They are. At Jodileone at Sanderson Radio. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.